God. Glory to God. Keep the team that is already headed, and some of them have been there for almost a week in Kenya, and uh, we're raising up a new team that we're getting ready to send over to, uh, I think it's Tanzania or someplace, I forget. But uh, they'll be going in, and they're going to be taking that nation, another nation that we won't have to go to, and, uh, you know, touching the world, thousands. And uh, while we're doing Kenya, there's someone in Uganda uh, filling in. And uh, so people are being saved all around the world because of what people are learning and that which is being imparted and taught. So we are part of something bigger than we are. Amen? And uh, so I just want to thank you for all of that. So let's turn our Bibles to Jeremiah 1.12. I want to talk to you today about a subject that many Christians never comprehend or never lay hold of. You know, Christianity is not the great achieving. It is the great acceptance. It is not the great labor. It is the great bestowment of grace. It has been said by many, you never know what God will do. Have you ever heard that statement? Well, I'm here to tell you that I know everything that God's going to do. I may not know the way that he's going to do it, but we do know exactly what he will do. Exactly. If you don't have exactly or an absolute in your heart, then you have to understand that hope will never turn to expectancy and hope will never have expectancy fulfilled because it'll never release faith. You have to be absolutely. Paul said, I am fully persuaded in whom I have believed. There has to be an absolute. And in the world of constantly changing things, the gospel seems to shape itself by the pressures of society. We now have denominations saying, well, you know, now there's many ways to Jesus, which I believe it is an absolute lie. And many, 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 and if I started listing the many people that we hold up, that we view, that we support, that we give in to, many of them are on the side of there are many ways to Jesus. But I'm here to tell you today that Jesus is the only way. And so we're going to talk about today about knowing what God will do every time. If you're going to have peace, if you're going to live without fear, you're going to have to know what God is doing on your behalf. You're going to have to know what God is involved in and what God's not involved in. Could I get an amen? This is really the basis of an unshakable faith in our lives. In Jeremiah 1.12, God says this. He says, Then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word 
to perform it. Now, the word hasten simply means I will keep my word. I will look out over it. I will make sure that it is performed. In other words, when God says something, it declares what he's going to do. Amen? And when that is established, a man that can protect that established truth is a man that will receive from the Lord. See, all the devil has to do is get one section of your mind to question God, and that is double-mindedness. That man shall not receive anything from the Lord. doesn't mean that God's not willing to give him every good thing. It means that that man will not receive of the Lord. Numbers 23:19 says it this way. God is not a man that he should lie. He's not the son of man. He's not born of earthly nature. That he should repent. He has said it, and if he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. And if he said it or declared it, he shall make it good. He's not a man. Somebody say, not a man. You know, one time I said a stupid statement. I said, well, I think I'll go upstairs and talk to the man, or I'll go up and talk to the man upstairs. Now, I said that to impress somebody that was in the office. Well, when I got done with the woodshed, I realized that God was not a man and that his stick was a little heavier than any man that I had known. And some of you say, oh, God would never do that. Yeah, well, right, God chastens people. And when God chastens you, you'll feel worse than, your, than when your dad was ever done chastening you. And it'll produce a holy nature. We need to have a holy awe about who God is. But it says in Hebrews, the sixth chapter, that one of the things that God gave unto Abraham and revealed to Israel was this, two immutable, unchangeable truths that you can bank on any time. Number one, it is impossible for God to lie. It's impossible. Somebody say it's impossible. It is impossible for God to lie. The second thing is that when he says it, he has to perform it. Those are two things that you can take to the bank. If you can find where God said something, then you can act on it and receive it. Now, the Bible says that God is faithful. He is faithful to a thousand generations, and he is faithful who hath called you that he will perform that which he has spoken or declared about you. In other words, if God says something, it's to you. God's not a respect the person. Now, I know that some of you say, well, you know, this is, this is pretty common. Yeah, I know that it's common. I just wish that we could live it. Because then unbelief and fear and failure would be a thing of the past. And we could revolutionize the world. Now, we as believers, sons and daughters of God, seem to think many times that we are trying to make the gospel productive 
or that the gospel depends on us doing something or that we have to make the gospel work on our behalf. No. The gospel works despite people's unbelief, their rejections, and their failures concerning it. Could again, amen. God does not depend on man to do or to accomplish things except in their own personal lives. And by that, I mean this, that God went ahead and produced salvation when nobody believed. So God has done. Somebody say, God has done. It has already happened. See, we're not making the gospel come to pass. It has already come to pass. It's already an established fact. Come on. We don't have to try to be blessed. Could, could I get an amen? We are blessed. But see, so many people are trying to be blessed, trying to do this, trying to do that, when all they have to do, remember that Christianity is not the great obtaining. It is simply the great receiving. We receive salvation by faith. The work has been done for us by the grace of God. Amen. The Bible says in Titus 2, 11 through 13 says this, salvation that God wanted has already appeared unto all men. Somebody say, it has appeared. And when that word salvation is declared, it simply means that God has showed the completeness of the redemption of mankind and its benefits. So it's already appeared. So salvation has already been completed. If it has been appeared or it has been shown, it has to be completed. You couldn't show somebody a pie that was in the midst of being made. You'd have to say, I'm making a pie. You could not say, I made a pie. One is past tense. One is a work in motion. The work of salvation is not in motion. Now, the change of man is, but the work and the fact and the reality and the completed work of God is not in motion. It has already been accomplished. And so Jesus has died for our sins. He already has died. Somebody say, he has already died. And he's already been raised from the dead. Come on. He has already justified us. And he has already ascended into heaven. Those are not things that Jesus is doing. Remember, Paul addressed this this way. When people sinned, he said, look, it's impossible that Jesus will not come down and be crucified again. In other words, salvation is so total, you can't add anything to it. But it's already done. Somebody say, it's already done. And so salvation is a past tense fulfilled work of God for you. For you. It is available to whosoever. 
Remember, if you'll believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you can be saved. Whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? So if you would receive salvation, it would have already needed to be granted. God's not doing a work on our behalf. He has already done a work on our behalf. Amen? All right, let's have James 1.22 through 25. I know that we know this, but let's look at what it really says. We're notorious for reading things and getting a voice that doesn't even say anything. And it says this, But be you doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Next verse. And if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, he goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Now let's stop. When you look at your face in the mirror in the morning, are you looking at your face as it has used all of the past to bring you that point? Or are you going to stand there expecting that something's going to happen while you view the image? You're looking at something that has already happened. Whether it's overnight, whether your makeup ran, overnight you went bald, whatever it is, you are looking at a past tense work in your face. Is that right? Hello, is that right? Now look, when you look in the mirror, you are a byproduct of what has happened to you in the past. I looked at a picture of my brothers uh, yesterday. Both of my brothers, younger than me, have no teeth left. Some of them have had their jaw broke, wired together for weeks on end. All their teeth knocked out or all their teeth rotted out because of drugs. Phil looked at him and she said, my word, I got the best of the bunch. And I told her that in the beginning. But they look in the mirror and see their face because of the past that has happened in their life. You look at your face because of what has happened to you in the past. Whether you got sunburned, whether you're wrinkled, whatever might have happened to you, it's happened in the past and you are looking at something that is a past tense work. Aren't you? Absolutely you are. Well, when we, as people, look into the Word of God, we are not seeing something that has not already happened. We are viewing a completed work on our behalf. We're not looking for something to happen. We are looking at something that has happened. And because it has happened and we receive it as a past tense work, guess what? We then can mix faith with it. If you don't accept what you see in the Scripture and you're waiting for it to come to pass, you know what you're always going to be doing? Nothing. Nothing. So whatever is in the mirror 
you'll never see or never be embraced. You'll never experience it because you are waiting for something to happen other than what you see in the Scripture. Now, let's read the next verse, verse 25, I believe. And if, But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, continueth in what? What he sees in the Scripture. The Scripture is a mirror reflecting who you are and what Jesus has did on your behalf. Could again, amen? So when you look at that mirror and somebody comes up beside you and says, you're ugly, but the mirror says you're beautiful, guess what? You live by faith and not by sight. You live by faith and not by accusation. You live by faith and not by lies. You live by faith and not hearsay. You live by faith and not questions and accusations. Could I get an amen? amen? Now, this is reflecting to you what God has done. But there are voices outside of it trying to get you to stop looking at the mirror and look at your natural self. Look, I am not a common man. I have been born twice, once of my father's seed and once of God's seed. There's nothing common about me. But you look common. Listen, if the blood of Christ has touched your life, you are never allowed to call any man common. Now, and it says this, continue within there. Him being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed or his actions. His actions. What you see in the mirror reflects a past tense work of Christ. Could again, amen. Now, so the word holds a reflection of who you are and who God declares you have become. It also reveals unto you that which you are not. See, you may look at people and say, well, they, they'll never do this, they'll never do that. Really? What you need to do is look at them and say, you know what? He can do everything because Christ has provided for him. See, we are so negative, not only about ourselves, but about the rest of the body of Christ that we refuse to adhere to the scripture that says, now we know no man after the flesh, but now we know every man after the work of Christ, that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. And old things are passed away, and behold, all things are new, and behold, all things are of what? God. Of God. Now, blessing has already been given to you. It is in the image or you responding to the past tense work that God has done for you. You're not trying to be blessed. All you have to do is act like what you see in that mirror. If the Bible said to you, Joe, you can do all things. 
by the strength of God that is in you. If Joe will simply begin to act like he can do all things, then he will do all things. But if Joe says, I wish I could, and turns away, and denies what God said about him, Joe will accomplish nothing in life. Now, I know that it might seem like, Pastor, what are you trying to say? This is what I'm trying to say, is that this word is a completed word of salvation. It holds in it a completed work of the new identity or of the new man in Christ. But we as Christians so many times are trying to make the gospel happen. There's nothing that can make the gospel happen, but you can accept its outcome by faith. Okay, let's go to, let's go to Mark the 16th chapter. This is very, a very common one. Mark the 16th chapter, verse 15 through 20. We know this is the Great Commission, but let's look at it and see what it says. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs will follow them that do what? Do what? In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, after the Lord had spoken unto them, they went out, he was received up to heaven, sat on the right hand of God, then they went forth. What did they do? Jesus told them who they were because they believed. He painted a picture of them that reflected who they were because they believed. They went forth, preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following amen. What did they do? They heard who they were because they believed they were healers. They were masters of devils. They were undefeatable and undestroyable and could not be deceived even if people tried to poison them. They spoke with new tongues and they went out and preached. And when they preached, the Lord himself brought to pass that which he said would happen. Now, how many of you in here believe? You believe. Now, you remember what Ben said up here? I had never prayed for the sick. So guess how many people Ben had seen healed? Zero. Guess how many times Ben had felt the power of God go through him? So, we are all miracle workers. The works that I do, you shall do also if you believe. 
Then you can go out and lay hands on the sick. You can cast out devils. Come on. You'll speak with new tongues. You can take up serpents. If you drink any deadly thing, and I'm living proof of it, then you go out and do. The problem is, stop right here. We won't go out and do. Therefore, we reject who we are. Therefore, God always stands at arm's length from our life. Now, Ben, for the first time, prays for somebody. Now, let me tell you what Ben is not going to do. He's not going to pass up praying for somebody again. He's not going to pass it up. He's going to start praying for people. And the power of God is going to continue to move through Ben. Now, Ben is still in the midst of discovering you got to bathe every day or you stink. He's still in the midst of discovering what type of underarm uh, deodorant he's going to use. His mom still has to tell him, cut your fingernails, you need a haircut. Do this or do that. Ben is still dealing with puberty and pimples. But he has experienced something that most Christians have never experienced in a lifetime. Because Ben counted himself already endowed with power. And he did it. The power flew, flowed through him. And then he became filled with it. There's no question in who Ben is right now. He's anointed of God. He's a tongue talker. Could I get an amen? See, he has become what Jesus had declared he would be. Now, God has given his son for you and I. How would he not freely give us all things? Somebody say all things. Freely. Somebody say freely. All things. We should never ever fear about receiving anything from God because God will give us all things. All things. The Bible says in Romans 8:28 that all things work together for the good of those that love God. Amen? That love God. And are called according to his purpose. Now, do you love God? Now, if everything is going to work out together for your good, why do we worry? Why do we fret? Why do we call thousands of people to pray for us? Why do we need a prayer chain? Why do... I don't know the last time, honest to be true, I don't know the last time I asked anybody to pray for me. Because God has freely given unto me all things. I don't need 15,000 prayer warriors praying for me. I don't need it. I'm not degrading prayer people. I'm just telling you, God's with me. He's with you. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Where else would God dwell? Don't you know that the Holy Ghost lives in you? Don't you know that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world? Don't you know that God knows that you have need of these things? 
Don't you know that he's freely given you all these things? And if God told me that everything would work out together for my good, he told me in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that it doesn't matter what tribulations or persecutions come to me because I don't have to worry because when they come, God has made a way of escape. In other words, they're not going to win even though they're the schemes and the weapons of the devil. I am not going to be defeated I am coming out, and the way of God is always victorious. So why would I stay up all night? Why would I worry? Why would I have to call on an army when the Lord is on my side and we could smite my enemies as one man? Now, we should never fear or fret. That means that you have not discovered who you are in Christ Jesus. Come on, shout hallelujah. All right. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 4 and 5, that whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. Somebody say the world. And the understanding is in everything in it. The devil's in the world. Hate is in the world. Need is in the world. Come on. Sickness is in the world. But whosoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even your faith. Even your faith. 2 Peter 1.1 says this. I write unto those that have obtained. Somebody say obtained. Obtained. Somebody say obtained. Come on. Somebody say obtained like precious faith in the righteousness of God. You as a Christian have enough faith to live the abundant life. There's no lack in you. If God had not given you enough faith, then you could be defeated. You would lose when tempted. You would lose when the devil came like a roaring lion. But because of faith, he is no match for you as a believer. Remember, whosoever is born of God has faith. And because he has faith, he overcometh the world. Look at your neighbor and say, you have faith. Come on, you have faith. You have faith. Faith. Now, faith never failed to get you saved. It never failed to get you transformed from death to life. It never failed to get you raised up and seated in heavenly places. Why do you think it would begin to fail you now? The reason that we think faith fails us is because we're trying to get the gospel to work based on what we do. It's already be, been done. Just begin to say what God did for you. Good again and amen. Let's go to Mark eleven twenty two through 24. I hope you're catching what I'm trying to say. I'm, just, I'm trying to get you to see the scripture in a past tense form. See, I'm not trying to be married. I am married. 
It's just a reality. Amen. So what do I do all the time? Because it's already been done, I tell people, I'm married. I had some girl, uh, the other day I was out shooting films and I went into this candy store in Boston Candy and she said, hey, I like your fashion. And I said, really? I said, well, my wife bought it for me. Now I realized the girl wasn't seeing clearly. I gave her that because she was wearing glasses. But I just wanted to cut off any, 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 any attraction, which I don't think she would have had any anyway, but just in the figment of my imagination, I wanted to stop it. Now, when I said I am something, immediately all conversation stopped. And if you will find out who you are, because of who you are married to and who you are betrothed to and whose bride you are, if you'll start declaring it, the battles will start ending. Now, Mark eleven twenty two, 22, it says this, Jesus answering, said unto them, Hey, have the faith of God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, you believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Now, in that promise, what do we see? We see that Jesus has already empowered you to move every mountain. He's not going to. He already had done it. He said, if you'll say to this mountain, it will be removed. Don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you say will come to pass. We have the ability to speak to things and cause them to change. Could again, amen. You aren't waiting for that power. You have that power. The other thing is this. Jesus tells us, whatsoever you ask in faith believing, believe that you have it before you see it, you will have it. What does Jesus tell us? Answered prayer stands waiting for you. Answered prayer is guaranteed. But what we do is we are always looking for evidence that God has heard us. And because we reject that we are people that pray and get answers, what happens is our faith fails us. Look, pray and believe. All you have to do, answered prayer is a guaranteed act from God to every believer. Whatsoever you ask in my name, the Father will do. You are just as successful in approaching God and getting an answer as Jesus was because you are people of faith. Amen? All right, let's go to Galatians uh, 3.13. 
this will help us get to where I'm trying to get us. And if I've got you on a rabbit trail, I'm sorry, but I want you to realize the gospel is a past tense truth. You are not trying to become anything. Once you are saved, you are everything. Galatians 3.13, Christ hath, somebody say hath, somebody say hath, come on, somebody say hath, somebody say hath, redeemed us from the curse of the law. I do not believe in generational curses. I believe in generational learned behaviors that invite demonic activity. Once I have been born again, I have been redeemed. You hear me? I have been redeemed. I have been redeemed. I am redeemed from the curse. I am not a cursed person. The curse will never touch me, will never come up on me, will never have its fulfilled plan, will never ever touch my life. And then it says this, being the law, Christ being made a curse for us, as it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the spirit, the promise of the spirit through faith. That's his promise of adopt, the spirit of adoption. And the Bible says that the blessings of Abraham might come upon us. Now, are you cursed? Somebody say no. If you're not cursed, then you are what? You are what? You are what? But what if you're in a valley and things are dark? But then what if you get attacked? But it's happened to other people in your family. You're right. You're blessed. You're blessed. Hallelujah. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 8, 9, that Jesus himself, and we have discovered this great truth, that though Jesus was rich, he became poor. He bore your poverty, that he being made poor, you might be made get by. You might be made what? You might be made what? You might be made what? But you know you just live by paycheck to paycheck. So really, what are you? Some of you got that. The others of you saying, yes, we do just live. No, no, that's not who you are. That's not who you are. That's not who you are. You are the prosperous. You are, and I say it boldly because God never flinched when he said it, you are rich. You are rich. Did you hear me? You are rich. But I don't see it. Doesn't matter what you see. We walk by faith. And this truth sets us free from false lies that we have held in its place. Now listen, this is already done. Somebody say it's already done. So Jesus has made you rich. I know it's almost like cussing, ain't it? 
because we have so negated the work of the cross to make it religiously palatable. God is not interested in appeasing man. He's interested in doing his plan and purpose for all those that call upon the name of the Lord. And he took your poverty with your sin and he gave you righteousness and he gave you riches in Christ Jesus. Now that's who you are. Now you can say what you feel. You got two mirrors. You can look in whichever one you want. But I think I'm going to look in the mirror and find out who I am in Christ Jesus. I'm a new creature. I refuse to accept who I was before I found Jesus as my Savior. Hallelujah. Let's go to Ephesians 1 and verse 3. I know that we know that, but praise God, we're still going to read it. Blessed who be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with many, many spiritual blessings, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So what are we right now? We're what? We're what? Now we are what? We are what? According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy. Somebody say holy. holy. I know some of you made mistakes this morning, but in God's eyes, because you repented, you're holy. You're holy. And you are without blame before him because of his redemptive plan and love. Next verse. Having predestined us unto the adoption of children of Jesus Christ to himself. Now, God has predestined the whole world to go through the adoption process because he said, whosoever will. That means that that is available to everybody. And it says this, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made, somebody say hath made, come on, say hath made, us acceptable in the beloved. In whom we have, somebody say have, redemption the, through the blood and the forgiveness of sin according to his riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded, hath abounded unto us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself. Now, did you see how many times it has, hath, have, it's been done, that means it's already yours. It's a past tense work. Could I get an amen? Yes, hallelujah. All right, let's go to Ephesians 2.1. Ephesians 2.1, wow. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. So evidently we're not dead in trespasses and sins anymore, right? All right. Now, let's, well, we'll read that. Wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince, the power of the air, the spirit that 
now worketh in the children disobedient, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past. Somebody say times past. Not now, in times past. In times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath, somebody say hath, somebody say hath, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace you are saved. And he hath, somebody say hath, raised us up together and made us sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, where does the Father see you seated? He hath made you, he hath raised you up and made you sit with Christ Jesus. Now, how hard is it to get the Father's attention? Hey, Father, yeah, what do you want? Next verse. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace ye are, are ye saved. Somebody say past tense. You're already saved, right? Through faith, not of yourself, not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship creating in Christ unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Now, we should walk in the benefits of God. Amen? Then we could go into Romans, and I'll just tell you, Romans 6, 2 down through 20, you're going to find out that you are dead to sin. Somebody say, I'm dead to sin. Every time you get tempted, all you have to do is make the statement, it's my wife that bought the shirt. All you've got to do is say, the Father hath freed me from sin. I do not respond to it anymore. All you have to do every time sin rises up is state who you are in God. I am dead to sin. Sin will not have dominion over me. I declare myself free from sin as Christ hath been raised from the dead. I have been raised with him. Sin no longer will dwell in my mortal body. It will not rule over me. It will not have dominion over me. For I am dead in Christ. I am dead in Christ. I am free of the lust of the flesh, the desires of the flesh, the lust of the mind, the lust of the eyes, the foundational of the kingdom of darkness has been removed out of my life. I'm crucified with one Christ Jesus. Don't try to fight the devil on your own. Just tell those that are trying to get to you, my wife bought the shirt. That's all you got to do. Remember, I told you one time, a woman, I'm standing at a Clark station. The wind is blowing, man. I mean, it's blowing. 
and the place smelled like gas. If you was a gas sniffer, you could get high free. I, I'm just telling you, it, it just smelled like gas. Some woman comes up to me, downwind, up, upwind. She's coming with the wind. And she comes to me and she says, man, I love your aftershave lotion. Now I'm thinking in my mind, I don't even know if I put any on. I only use it for special occasions. And I'm not even telling you what they're for. I looked at her and I said, my wife bought me that. She said, oh, okay. Turned around and went in and went inside. She stopped her advancement. Well, how many, well, how do you think she was after you? Well, she was ugly. There was nobody else around. And I'm downwind. I mean, I, I'm dead to sin, but I'm not stupid when it comes. Now, if she'd been pretty, it might have been a different conversation, but she was ugly. I'm not losing my soul for no ugly woman. I'm not losing my soul for nobody. I told Phyllis, you go to hell, you'll go by yourself. Now, look. Make statements that draw the line and head the enemy the other way. When poverty tries to limit you by the numbers on your check, you look at it and say, thank God that Jesus bore limitation and poverty and I'm rich. Well, how's it going to happen? I don't know. I just know. Remember, he's going to watch over his word. I don't know, but he doesn't lie. I don't know, but he is faithful that began it, will complete it until the day of the Lord. I don't know how, but I do know what he will do every time. He's not going to withhold any good thing. He's going to give me the kingdom freely. He is going to watch over his word for me. He's going to uplift me and uphold me by everything that he has decreed. He is not a man that he should lie. And if he said it, he's going to make it good. So don't let people tell you, well, you never know what God's going to do. I know exactly what he's going to do. If I call upon the name of the Lord in trouble, he will answer me. I know exactly what he's going to do. He's going to give me every good thing. I know exactly what he's going to do. He's going to feed me like the sparrow. He's going to give me a place to live like he does the bird. He's going to give me a place to lay down just like he does the lily. I know what God's going to do. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. Why? Because God meets me when the rising of the sun comes. His mercies are new every day. I know what God is going to do. He's going to keep me. He's going to cause me always to be victorious in Christ Jesus. The question is, are you going to believe what the mirror says or are you going to try to work it up and make something of yourself? I am going to accept what the Word said about me. And if the Word said I am blessed, then I'm blessed. If the Word says that He's given me faith to overcome, then I'm an overcomer. If the faith says that I can speak to a mountain, then I'm a mountain mover. If the, if the word says that I can desire something and ask God and he will give it to me, I'm a man of answered prayer. That's who I am. 
And that's who you are. If the Bible says that Jesus bore your poverty, that you might be rich, stop looking at your check and start declaring who you are. And I'm telling you, you will give place to a laughter and a victory and you will give place to a new manifestation that the world never expected and you will give place to an Isaac in your life. Don't worry about how God's going to do it. Just celebrate in that he has. Amen? Praise God. Stand your feet. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe, God, that you have given salvation to all men, that whosoever will, God, call upon you shall be saved. Not one will be turned away. And I believe, God, that every word that you have ever spoken, that it is a past tense redemption. Old things are absolutely, totally passed away, God. And everything in my life is new. And God, I am a new man in Christ, and all things are of God. And God, you have done in my life an adoption. I'm not living on the streets. We're not living in the shadows of lack and need. But God, we have been brought into the house of God. And we are called sons and daughters, joint heirs with one Christ Jesus. We are, we are, we are what the adoption has made us. God, let us embrace who we are and not give place to the voices and other evidences. For we walk by faith and not by sight. In Jesus' mighty name. God bless you. Praise God. Hallelujah.